Welcome to The Dash. I'm your host, Trey Gamage, and this is episode number 27. Our mission is to provide you with challenging, meaningful, significant conversation on how to take the pain in your life and make it a platform for purpose. Joining me today is Paris Joe from Paris Joe's Fashion, and she talks about demanding attention with her style and her swag. Who said sexy and sophisticated can't be put together? That's exactly what Paris has done in her fashion business. And today, we get into a conversation about how your purpose is bigger than you, how to bridge the gap, and start where you are. Those are my top three takeaways today, and this is an amazing interview, so I hope you take the time to enjoy it and tell your friends. You can find more information on TreyGamers.com slash The Dash. Find me on Instagram, Facebook, and SoundCloud to leave a comment and share it with your friends. Enjoy the episode. This is The Dash. ready-to-wear fashion and custom orders so if you want anything like say you want a birthday outfit or an event you really want to go to um, you can just shoot me an email and I'll make something custom for you every mm. made again um, with your person personality and style with your body type and style I can make anything for anybody's body and um, I just really want women to feel very confident when they wear my clothes a lot, mm. I feel like a lot of women don't feel like they have the confidence sometimes it just, just takes an outfit to bring that out and um, yeah I just really want women to feel great when they wear anything that I have I'm big on women empowerment yeah I'm just trying to continue to build myself okay <laughs> okay now and your clothes are amazing you know I mentioned I was your website parisjoe.com everything uh-huh. that you have is so sexy and sophisticated <laughs> and, and that's exactly what your quote says too you know when I read it I said oh that makes a lot of sense and you said demand attention so talk to me some about your quote whoever said it wasn't okay to mix sex appeal and sophistication just wasn't doing it right <laughs> talk to me about that a little bit in uh, demanding attention so um, I feel like people think sexy is just revealing your, you know, breasts or more legs or um, doing things that's inappropriate. I think people want that word to just hide that word and make it feel very inappropriate. But sexy is just uh, like almost a personality trait, how mm. you feel, how you show your confidence. Um, sometimes I'm in a turtleneck and I feel the most sexiest because it makes me feel good about myself. Mm. And so um, when women, I really, when women are bosses and they go to work, it's like you should still be a woman. You can still be sexy. You don't right. have to feel like you need to be like a man. And you know what I mean? Just you can still show that confidence and command attention in a room, but still be very sophisticated about it. Uh, show sexy through your confidence, yeah. not through your body. Hmm. So what kind of females are you targeting? Like your audience, what kind of people do you want buying your clothes? Or what kind of people do you expect? Or, or what kind of people are purchasing your clothes? Um, when I first started, my target was for the working woman. Hmm. And the newly working woman. So very young, like fresh out of college, trying to figure herself out, you know, try, getting into this whole new working wardrobe. Because when you're young, you don't really have to have a certain kind of wardrobe. Mm. When you get into the working environment, you have to dress for the part. You have to dress yeah. for success. So I was targeting that woman who's new into the industry. She's very fashion forward. She's either in arts or um, entertainment industry. And she just wants to look good and feel good mm. as well. 
And um, but my the women who are actually buying my stuff are that same kind of woman. Okay. Whether they're working in the industry or you're just a nurse, they're still um, they're still confident. They still are very fashion forward. They want to look good. Sometimes people are just like, "Well, I really want to look this way. Can you help me?" And so it's a uh, it's definitely something that I want to do for them if they feel like they don't have it. Right, right, right. That's that's powerful. I think that's especially at a time like right now, I think, you know, women being empowered and I think people being empowered period is one of the most important things that you can do in the world. So how did you find out that that was going to be your way to impact the world or women? Um let's see. So it took me some time. I was I started out as a psych major hmm. uh, when I was in college and my second I always loved fashion though. Like, that was just always in me. No matter what I was doing, it was still related to fashion. And um, I found that there was a program at Purdue, the apparel design program. And so, um, you know, prayed about it, thought about it, talked to my mother about it, and I changed my major. And I really, I still kept figuring out what was I supposed to do with this? Because mm. just because you love something and you think it's for you, you still don't want to just jump on it if it's not really for you or right for you. Right. So it wasn't until um, I graduated and things just start to just naturally fall into place. It wasn't like I had to go out of my way to make something mm. happen. It was very natural. Yeah. And that's when I knew, okay, this is right. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And just, I've always said I wanted to, because um, I like to talk as well. <laughs> and um, so the psychology is still there. I like to give advice and a lot of my friends come to me for advice, so I've always still wanted to help women, mm. but I'm like, this is a way that I can do it in a different light, you know? I can um, sell clothes and give them clothes and just be there, and not just, it's more than just clothes, it's, uh, I want to give back also to just my small little community that doesn't have a fashion field, you right. know what I mean? Right. So, um, it's really starting to just show its light to me now. It wasn't mm. so soon when I started, but now it's all starting to that's that's powerful because there is I, I know exactly what you're talking about because it's the same way you know no matter how hard I work on whatever you know it ends up being God that opens up the next door and, and things happen how they're supposed to I I was able to get off of work on my job here at the governor's school early the other day and to go for some meetings about this event that's coming up called shift community and I got off early number one but we didn't get to go around and talk to the companies that we talked to we were going to get to talk to that we were going to talk to because everything is closed on Monday. So we were sitting there and actually done with the meeting and I was like, okay, where are we going next? Are we done? Like, all right, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? I'm kind of anxious to leave. And we stop when a man pulls up and it's the exact man that I'm meeting to turn in a proposal to the next day. And we sit down and have a conversation for an hour. And it was just it was just amazing to me that we yeah. were just sitting right there. And here comes the same man that that we're going to meet the next day. So exactly. th that that's the kind of thing that you're talking about, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so where did your passion for this come from? Where does your drive for helping women and helping them, like you're talking about it's clothes, but you're giving back and empowering women to be confident through the clothes on their body. So where does your drive come from um, to empower women like that? Um, I think it started with my mom. So she is very tough. And so um, all my life she has been, all my sisters, she has been um, they are big when it comes to relationships, when it comes to friendships, when it just comes to school. She's a big impact in how we 
represent ourselves. We're a big representation of who she is. Mm. And so um, she's always taught me to be very strong, be very confident, um, do your best, you know, very um, believe in God, all of that. So everything that I am is because of my mother. Right. And when I was young, I realized a lot of women don't have someone to look up to or someone wow. to um, help them get to those points. And if, if they do sometimes, they just still get steered the wrong way. Mm. And um, so that's where the whole thing started, where I wanted to just be a voice for women and help women. That's why I wanted to get into psychology. And so um, once it shifted into fashion, I was like, I can still do something with that. And um, then I started to notice that women here are also interested in being models and getting Mm. into fashion, but don't have an opportunity. And so now I want Paris Joe to be more than just giving you clothes. I want Paris Joe to bring the opportunity of entrepreneurship to South in Indiana and wow. fashion to South in Indiana. Why go all the way to L.A. for a fashion show when we can just have a big one here? Right, right. So um, it started young, and it's just now it's starting to just play its part yeah. in the different areas of how I'm supposed to give back yeah. to steal women. Still a general, you know, idea. Hmm. And it's bigger than you know. You know, I think uh, it's bigger. It's bigger than you. And and similar to yourself, when I graduated, I thought I wanted to be just a professional speaker or I thought that I wanted to um, be an athletic director or all these things. But now it's over the last two years, it has just narrowed down something so specific. Um, and that's creating opportunities for people. That's making it easier for people to live, make easier reason for doing. So it's so specific now, and it's not so much a task or a job, but it's it's a lifestyle and a way of living. So wh- how would you describe you know your lifestyle and your way of being? Because there is a passion that that goes with it, and you just mentioned that. So why why do you wake up every day? What's what's your reason for doing what you do? Um, just like I said before, so my friend. Um, I used to have a hard time trying to figure out what my purpose was. I didn't even know how do you go about finding your purpose. Mm. You know, it's just this big thing in the air, and how you find it without being, you know, distracted from other things. And my friend told me, Stephanie, she told me your purpose is bigger than you, mm. and so and your purpose is not really for you. It's for someone else. It's just you're gonna do it, but it's for someone else. And so once I started to realize that. What I'm doing is affecting other people in a positive light. Wow. When it starts to, that's that's what helps me get up. Because, you know, we were, if we were just doing something for ourselves, there you go. you're not going to always be that motivated because you can just, like, slack off or mm-hmm. whatever. But now that I know this is for somebody else, and if I stop fighting, they don't get, you know, anything out of it, that's what keeps me going. Because, right. of course, I'm like, I don't want to do it today. Right. But I have to keep fighting for that end goal to give to somebody else. Mm. It really does mean a lot to me to be able to give the opportunity that, to somebody. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And where does your where does your satisfaction or sense of achievement come from? Because especially right now, I mean, you're young and you're yeah. fighting and you're scrapping for you know your industry and your and, and what you have so there's there's so much that you there's so much room to grow you know mm-hmm. you know you're happy with what you have while in pursuit of what you want so where do you find your achievements or how do you celebrate your little achievements along the way um what do I do? just I see everyone else being happy makes me happy um I'm pretty humble so even when things happen to me like that are really cool like magazine things or getting opportunities for photographers it's just um 
it's cool, but when other people react in a, like a positive light and they're so proud of me and they just, they're so happy for me, that makes me happy. Right. You know, doing right by my mother or doing right by people who have seen me grow up, that really, really does make me happy. And it just makes me feel good that I can make all these people who love me mm. very, very happy, very, very proud to know me, very, very proud to be a part of my life. Right. That's when I feel like, you know, this is success. Mm. It has nothing to do with anything coming to me, you know, money or anything. It's just making other people happy. Yeah. The people that I know. And it sounds so like, oh, that's so cliche. But no, it's really, really real. It's the truth. Yeah. I, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. And, you know, the... I think your business starts to work. Your business begins to work when you start helping people, when you start adding value to people's life. Not with just the product or not with just not with the garment or not with the service, but with who you are and what what that piece of clothing or what that podcast represents. So I think that I think you're right. It is that success. I had a woman the other day that I did not know who who sent me an email and she was fasting from social media so she had not been listening to the podcast but had been listening to it for like a month and yeah. and just spoke about how she loved the concept of it and she loved the idea of it and that just touched me so much you know it yeah. made my heart smile that's one person you know well, doing that it, and sometimes I look at the views of the podcast and it's at one you know what I mean but I never know who that one person is and, and it's just so powerful to see like wow here is a person that I did not know these words were impacting and I did not know that this word could hold value to someone else to the point where they had to reach out to me individually to say thank you like that that blows my mind um, for one person to do that so I think that's a that's a really powerful place to be so Paris when you are looking at your business because it's, it's really hard we're, we're on kind of the outskirts of it now and it right now it's already successful because you've made a dream reality what was once in your head is now something that people can purchase that is now something that can change people's life so what how did you get from that place to it from it being a dream um of, of having your own fashion line how did you get it from there to being reality um just working <laughs> <laughs> so um I, I was telling my friends i'm like if i stop working my business stops so it's a constant move, 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 move. And um, now I'm a full-time manager at J. Crew. Okay. And so I'm like working there 40 hours a week. But when I get home, I'm still moving. So mm. it's like never-ending movement. And I can stop working at J. Crew, but they're always going to keep moving. Yeah. If I, if I stop my own business, it's not going to go. And um, I had to realize if this was right at the beginning. So I had to see, is Paris Joe something that's supposed to be going? Mm. As a designer in school, that is your dream. You want to have your name out there. You want to be the Ralph Lauren and the Louis right. Vuitton. You want to be that. But sometimes it's not always tangible and it's not always a reality. And so I had to really sit down and figure out, is it reality for me to be Paris Joe or to be working for someone mm. else? And that was me sitting down and really just asking God and sitting and just taking a break and letting the answers come to me instead of really going out chasing the answer yeah like letting the answer just come to me and what's funny i kept saying if i'm supposed to be doing paris joe i'm supposed to be working at home mm. because i can't do paris joe in new york and i can't do paris joe in la because yeah. that's not my network yeah people that don't know me so if i do paris joe it has to be where my networking is at wow which is home. 
And so I said, I need the money, though, to do Paris Joe. So I need a job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need a good job, not just some little whatever. I need a good job. Right. And so um, I graduated from school. I didn't apply to no jobs. I was just taking a break, just relaxing. And then it was like towards the end of the month of May, I just seen an opportunity at J. Crew, And I just applied. That was the only job I applied for. Wow. I got the position. I come home the next week. I'm working. I'm like, okay, there's Paris Joe. This is supposed to be working. Hmm. And, um, it just all kind of just fell into place for me. But more, I was waiting for the answers and just praying for the answers and listening to God and not trying to go fight against. Yeah. And one woman told me at my church, she said, um, God will give you the desires of your heart. Hmm. And because um, I kept saying, I want to go home so bad. Everyone wanted me to be in New York and be in Chicago and be in LA, but I'm such a family person. Right. I was like wanting to call, go home so bad, and I was like feeling bad that I wanted to go home mm. because everyone was pushing me the other way. Wow. He said he will give you the desires of your heart, and so I feel like he did. Yeah. I wanted to go home. He gave me a job at home, and now Paris Joe is just taking off. <laughs> You're giving me goosebumps. You really are. You really are. <laughs> Um, because in, in, in such a similar way, it was the same for me, but almost the exact opposite. Um, you know, I studied abroad my last semester of college. I, I had a fifth year to play football and was like, no, football is, is really not for me. And that was after having my best season. But going abroad, I, I got so much closer to God. And I got so much more time to think by myself and think clearly and recognize what was holding me back that when I came back, I knew that staying home and being so close to my family was going to be the exact thing that was going to hold me back because I loved them so much. And I said, I I have to go away from everything that I love so that I can find out who I am and and just really free and, and find out Trey and that. That is what I think, you know, our callings are the opposite of the way that it looks is the opposite. But I still can't wait to come back to South Bend and do things there and, and really get stuff going on there. Like, that's still home, and there's a desire to go back there. So I think there's another quote in the Bible. I believe it's in Job. Um, you know, what, what, what you have in your head, you're holding your hand. And that's not Job. That's from a book. But, but what you can see in your head, what you manifest and, and put on paper with journals, that really is your reality. You know, if you if you go, because as this happens, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Paris, the dots get connected going backwards. Once you once a light bulb hits and you take a leap of faith, and you're like, whoa, how yeah. did that just happen? You try to go back in time and find, oh, yesterday this happened, and that's how, I, oh, but the day before, the week, the, the year before, shoot, when I was 10, this happened. And exactly. at, so what about your past brought you to where you are today? changed their clothes. I was the weird one. I never looked like anybody else. <laughs> I, um, I would cut up my clothes, like literally going just to play outside. Mm. At nine and ten, will cut my clothes and change the style of them and switch things around. wasn't sewing anything, but just changing. I never wanted to look like anybody else. I didn't even realize I didn't want to look like anybody else. I was just doing it. I was mm. always looking like myself. And my cousin would say, you always cutting up something. Right. And it was just different. And I loved to um, sketch. I would doodle everything. And I, I don't think I was like an artist. I, don't mm-hmm. I didn't have a desire to be an artist. I was just always sketching, always drawing. But I was drawing bodies and actual like well, 
clothes on the body. Right. And I was interested in, you know, the art of fashion. And I thought it was no career there. I just was like, this is a hobby. This is what you do on the side. This mm. is fun. And um, I would make different um, accessories for my baby dolls and Barbies. Wow. And my mom taught me how to hand sew. And then I started to sew all the towels. And this is like nine and ten. Mm-hmm. I was very young doing this and just thinking it was just fun, but never really. And I guess as a kid, you don't even know what you want to do. <laughs> but it was already in me to just be a creator. Right. At the at the beginning, and a creator in the terms of clothing. Right. And so, um, moved on to you know college and stuff in high school, and then in high school I changed my major. In high school I went into the medical field. Mm. And my mom wanted me to go to arts. She was pushing me to go to arts, but I wanted to be where my friends were at. <laughs> right. And so, um, but it was still always there. So as a little kid, it was just always there. She bought me a, a sewing machine. I made a skirt. Mm. But I still just put it to the back because I thought it was a hobby. I never thought there was career in fashion right. ever. So you, Unless you were a top name. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how, that's how what people think is an overnight success happens. You know, and that you're, you've been... You've been this way, and that's what success is. Because you have to be, to be successful in a business, there is two kinds of ways. You can be focused on the money and the structure and, and creating a profit and doing that. Or you can be in love with your work. And, you know, growing up, I got to see, you know, two worlds. My mother was wealthy in affection and love, and my father was wealthy in knowledge and wisdom. And I got to kind of see both of those and take the best and the worst of those and put them together. So I realized that, hey, it's not enough just to have wealth and knowledge. I need to have love and affection, too. So how can I, instead of a work-life balance, let me make my work my life and let me make my life my work. Um, When did you bridge that gap? Because I think it is. I didn't realize in high school, in kindergarten, matter of fact, they said I would be a psychologist and a baseball player. I studied psychology, and I played football. Like, since I was six years old, I've always loved people. But I didn't realize until my senior year of college that, oh, Trey, you can do this for a living. That yeah. It never clicked. When did you bridge that gap from the concept of it to knowing that you can make it reality? Um, it really honestly wasn't until that fashion show, which was my sophomore year. Hmm. And I honestly think it's because there's not any designers or arts or entertainment in South Bend. And here you just see doctors and nurses and teachers. Right. And you feel limited. And maybe not limited when, as a kid, but you feel like those are your options. And that's yeah. It. So you go to college and you do that and then that's it. You stay here, that's it. Or you go far away to do it. Even if you have it, you feel like you have to go far away. Yeah. So that's why I felt like there wasn't any career in fashion because I've never seen it. And so, um, even in high school, still didn't see anything into it, you know, nothing at all. And um, so, when I did the fashion show, and I was like, these girls are really in here sewing from, like, the scratch, Mm. and they're wanting to have careers, and there's fashion um, stylists, and there's designers, and there's technical designers, and there's pattern makers. There's, like, a million jobs (laughs) in the fashion industry. I had no idea about them. That's when I knew. It was my sophomore year. Mm. And then... That's when I was like, okay, I can do it. Yeah. My mom was saying, before you change, um, <clears throat> excuse me, before you change your major, you better have a plan. So she was not playing. Wow. So I had to study up on all those um, careers. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know which one I'm going to do, but I'm going to do something. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty powerful, Paris. That's pretty deep, and I think it makes it it makes it easier to enjoy and be gracious 
for what it is that you have. So many of the obstacles on the way are invisible. You know, they say fear, false evidence appearing real. So even myself, I'm, I'm hosting my first big event, May, May 20th, Shift Community, reaching out to over 100 businesses, like doing stuff that I couldn't imagine, like hosting yeah. a networking and black business expo by myself. I could not imagine that in January when I purchased a link to host an event that I'm not even doing anymore. Um, but I couldn't imagine having this. But so every obstacle that has been chopped down over the way never existed in the first place. It was just a mental block. It was just in my head. What was one of the biggest mental obstacles that you've had to overcome along your journey? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I want to say, I don't know if it's really like an obstacle. I guess it kind of is. Just as, I guess I assume that you had to be in the bigger city. Hmm. And um, that, that scared me because I was always trying to figure out how was I going to get there and then being... Um, in love, family here. Right. Not just being in love with my family, being in love with my now fiance. That was very like, how am I gonna take right. all of that and feeling like I can't make it in this bigger city? I know nothing about the city and just that was all in my head. And you really don't have to go to a bigger city to mm. really make it. And I thought that you did. And maybe some people have to. Right. But Paris didn't have to. Paris doesn't have to. Yeah. And I was so worried. Cause even when I turned 22, I like cried like a baby. One, I thought I was going like a midlife crisis. <laughs> and I'm 20, I'll be 25 this year. When I turned 22, I was so upset because I was missing out on everything at home. My nieces were going to school, my sister was a cheerleader, my family, my sister was getting married. So everything was going wrong. I was missing out on everything. Right. And I was just like, I'm gonna have this career in New York and I'm never gonna see my family and this is just not fair. And that's when she told me, you have the desires of your heart. Mm. And that's when I kind of just got it out of my head and just followed my heart, followed my passion and my purpose. I'm like, you can be at home. There's yeah. Stuff. As long as you still grind and you work and you work, you don't have to be in these bigger cities. Yeah. Things happen for you. You don't have to. Well, and now the concept of that, like bringing fashion, because now South Bend, I remember when we were freshmen maybe in college, the talk about South Bend was how it was one of the most dying cities in the country. Mm-hmm. And then by the time... Pete Buttigieg got involved in five years later, it's one of the growingest cities in America. So, like, right now, the concept of bringing fashion to South Bend, oh, my goodness, that's revolutionary, Paris. Like, (laughs) thank God that you're not five years older or five years younger because if you weren't Paris Joe and you weren't coming out right now, in five years when you really say, oh, I'm just getting started, you know, because you'll be in this phase for a minute as it keeps growing, then you'll really be, like, at a peak in... You'll, you'll be creating a market there, essentially. Mm. That's that's a beautiful thing to see. So what do you see if, if you had something that was holding you back now or something that's keeping you from moving forward now or keeping you from following through? What's the next mental barrier or the next fear in your way that you need to chop down? Um, what's that next fear? Just staying consistent, um, you know, because things can start out really, really, really great. Mm. Taking off, and then all of a sudden, there's like it's like a writer's block issue. Okay. And you're like, okay, I, I have no more creations. I can't keep creating the same outfit. Um, no one is buying my stuff at this moment. The money's not coming in. That's a fear. It's not a huge fear right now, mm-hmm. but I know that it will 
come to a point where everything's just not going to be smooth selling. Everything's not going to just be falling in your lap. Right. And that's why I want to make sure I don't take what's happening now for granted. Wow. It implies that it's all a blessing. Right. It's not, uh, this is not supposed to be happening to me like, yeah, I deserve all this or whatever. But it's a blessing. I'm blessed because it's happening. Mm. I keep that mindset so I can always work. Wow. So when the chance does come that, you know, I do have a quote-unquote writer's block, I won't feel, feel discouraged and then stop my entire dream yeah. from going. If you had something to share with women of the world, if you have one thing to say to women that you haven't said so far, that's not a quote that you have or not anything that anybody's seen, what would you say? What would your message be right now to women of the world? Um, well, women, I love all women of the world. <laughs> um, just know that women, we are very, very powerful. And um, even if you don't feel like you're powerful, we are the creators of life. And you have to fight for everything that you want and just work. Work very, very hard and not like, oh, work in school, work at your job. Work for you. Whatever is good for you, whatever you want to do for yourself, make you happy first. Hmm. Without you being happy and you being satisfied with yourself, no one else, your kids won't be satisfied, your husband, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, whoever won't be satisfied family won't be satisfied you won't be able to satisfy anything or anything in life if you're not doing mm. you so i'm very big on women doing them don't worry about other people like make you happy satisfy yourself and everything else will just fall into place demand attention you know it's crazy because all of us have a gift all of us have a talent and you can recognize when people are living in their purpose and using the gifts that they have in front of them um, and you can also recognize when people are not using their gifts and talents demand the attention doing the things that you want to do bridging the gap between where you are and where you want to be is really what makes a purpose bigger than you it's not about necessarily what you get, not the reward at the end of the road, but it's who you become along the way. So we'll see what kind of switch-ups we have coming for the dash. It is the summertime, so I'm expecting some changes in this harvest. So leave some comments, share it with your friends, and let's see what we can do to uh, step this podcast up another level. This is The Dash.